like we hit some I like personally where I hit a rock bottom like well, it's not really a rock bottom but it feels like that in the moment where I want to give yep. up. Yep. Being connected to my why and believing that I'm going to leave something better than I found it is what keeps me going. And I find for both my staff and my clients that's the common thread we all have which is can we leave it better than we found it? This podcast is brought to you by Dentons. We are the largest law firm in the world with offices in more than 200 locations across 80 countries available to support you everywhere you do business. We are a law firm that embraces change and can help you grow, protect, operate, and finance your organization, which is why Dentons is organized to offer more than just legal insight. We're here to help you find business solutions in a seamless fashion across the globe. Hi everyone, my name is Heather Barnhouse, partner and lawyer in our Edmonton office. Welcome to my podcast where I explore the topic of women in entrepreneurship and leadership and the ecosystem supporting the growth of this segment. Today I'm joined by Andrea Reindel, founder of Legacy Creative. Welcome Andrea. Thank you so much for having me. It's great that you're here. Can you give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself and about Legacy Creative? So I started as an entrepreneur like early in my life. My parents were entrepreneurs. I think I I grew up with that bone of just always wanting to make the world a better place. And so I've always owned some sort of a business. When I was in my early 20s, I started, uh, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad and Mm -hmm. started the classic business of um, rental properties with um, my partner at the time. And so that was kind of like my first big success and win in business was rental properties. I still own many of them here in Alberta, where we're both from. Um, And then about 12 years ago, I got introduced to the world of marketing, specifically in um, publishing and just really like helping people form their ideas into something that could be packaged and sold. So that's what books really are. Um, books, online courses, programs, those kinds of things. And so uh, I, st- I started to notice like with those clients that were writing books and they wanted promotion behind their books, they also needed a certain set of other services in order to run the business that's behind a publishing business. So, you know, they were like major coaches, consultants, trainers, that kind of person, and they all needed the same sort of support. And that's what started the company that is today Legacy Creative, is me realizing that there's these really amazing individuals on the planet that have awesome ideas that will change the world, and they need support to take those ideas to the world. So that's what we do at our our company, is we do marketing and operations for digital-based businesses. Hmm, that's really um, that's really interesting to me where you've started from the you know the as you call it sort of the traditional business of everybody wanting to own, own real estate and, and invest in properties and kind of see where that goes. That's not that's not at all related uh, or even really similar to the digital business and providing the support in the background to these other amazing people who can then go out in the world and really produce their great ideas and and provide that support. What what led you from sort of the first entrepreneurial business that you formed or that you were interested in that was kind of bricks and mortar, that's not exactly the right, you know, the right framing, but very, very much more traditional to really uh, focusing on a business that is in a supportive role to enable other people to really realize on on their um, passions and, and on their dreams. What led you to that shift? You know, actually what led me to that shift was passion. And I, I think that's a 
kind of a ridiculous word in the world of entrepreneurship <laughs> in some ways because I think we all think like passion is this thing that comes and finds us. Like it's like, oh, our passion is hunting right. for us on a regular basis. I don't, that's not my personal experience of how, how it finds us or how we find it. I feel like passion is something that in every day when we just pay attention to what lights us up, we start to see what it is that has a pattern of what we really like. And so what, what led me to this was passion, but it was more me just realizing like, I've always loved to support people and help them live their best life. I know that sounds very Oprah-ish. And in reality, <laughs> okay. I, think, I think that the the most brilliant people in the world just need more support to be more brilliant. Like that's, that's what I believe. And so that's what led yeah. me to this business was how can I support these brilliant people with these great ideas and help it so that they can do only what they're good at and not have to do what they're not good at. Uh, I, that's really where it started and, and how it came to be the way that it is. And I think that the more talented we are at something, the more handicapped we are somewhere else so you know somebody who happens to be really really great at ideas and explaining and teaching and training they're probably not that good at scheduling or you know the logistics right. behind something or the how or the whatever that might be and so the more we can collaborate as teams and support people that are really brilliant with skills that they maybe don't have the, the better we are overall so that's really what led me to this was just realizing there's some really cool people out there that need more support than others. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I like how you said, you know, so if you're really talented in a particular area, you might also be particularly handicapped in, in other areas, which which I think is true and, and certainly uh, a theme with the entrepreneurs that, that I work for. But even more importantly than sort of the, the handicap aspect, if you will, uh, and to your point around the passion and what are the things that really light you up, the things where you are handicapped don't light you up. And so I think most entrepreneurs where, where they have a passion for a really particular thing, they are completely disinterested in learning how to schedule or to, you know, to do the things that don't light them up because it's a drain on their talent and on their creativity um, when that's where they are really passionate. That is what really lights them up. And so, you know, the solution of what can you offload or what can you um, delegate to somebody else so that you can do the thing that you are really good at and the world can, you know, really benefit from that, I think is a really important, a really important aspect. And I think it's a tough journey for a lot of people to get to that point. Like they might realize it sort of intuitively that I'm really good at this, or I'm really interested in this, or I can make a really big impact here, but there's all this other stuff in my business that I have to do in order to keep the wheels on the bus and to keep it moving forward. And, and as an entrepreneur, you're a bit of a jack of all trades and you have to, you know, you have to, to, to do everything. Whereas I think the ones that, that can somehow get to the point where they elevate the impact that they're making are the ones who have taken the time to think about the buckets and what, where can I really shine and, and therefore what can I, what can I really, you know, move off the, off the plate. Tell me when you, you mentioned at the beginning that your parents were both entrepreneurs. Did you notice that in, in their entrepreneurial ventures that there were things that they were really good at and then there were things that you know, they could have maybe offloaded to be even more impactful? Actually, oddly, no, is the answer to your question. My parents were not like strategic entrepreneurs. They were more sort of like haphazard happenstance entrepreneurs. And what I mean by that is like my mom particularly was a, like that jack of all trades. She could get 
anything done. And I think a lot of my competence comes from what I saw my mom accomplish early in life. Interesting. Um, She was good at organizing a community and delegating collectively. I don't know that she was necessarily thinking about what am I best at and what can I get someone else to do? She probably was more just collectively trying to organize an army to get anything done at any given (laughs) time. Yeah, Um, for sure. What I, where I learned it more so than anything was actually uh, one of my business coaches. And I think that I believe that the quality of our life often lies in the choice of words we we use. And so like so many of us in the entrepreneur world are said to are taught things like, oh, how do you delegate or how do you offload? And for those of us who are like really competent and, you know, independent, which I sense you probably are like me that way those words don't necessarily empower us as much. And so what helped me learn delegation was where do I need support? Like, where can I support someone else? And where do I need a lot of support? And when I ask that question of myself, then I, I feel like, oh, cool. I just need support in this one area. And that's how I learned to offload and delegate was shifting my yeah. language to where do I need support? And then the crazy thing is the more you get to know people and you'll know this too, there are people who like to do activities and tasks that you and I don't like to do. Like there's people who like scheduling and there's people who like accounting, like the woman who does my books and accounting loves it. And she loves to come back with like this beautiful spreadsheet and Hey, look, I organized all your numbers for you. Fantastic. Super weird, weird, but so happy you did because then it allows you to, you know, to understand it and, and not waste time on, on the things that aren't super exciting for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I just find it more empowering to ask, like, where do I need support and, and how can I ask for support in that way? And then where can I support someone else in something they're not really great at? Yeah, it's interesting. I think another way of of saying that, and we, you know, we hear this uh, from, from different people who are time management coaches or, you know, different, different hats like that, um, where they, they say that for every yes, for every time that you say yes, you're implicitly saying no to something and make sure that you're saying yes to the things that are empowering and the things that are really moving the needle for you. And that'll be different things like the accountants and their, and their crazy spreadsheets. Like, I guess that's fun for them. Uh, so they should clear their desk of everything other than making those, those fun spreadsheets. Whereas, you know, you and I probably might never want to see a spreadsheet ever again. Right. And and that's okay because there are, are, are things that we can bring to the table that others can't. Um, I want to ask you about, um, I was looking at, at the Legacy Creative website and on your website, it talks in, in a few places, it talks about what it means to leave a legacy. And you indicate that that, and you referred to it today, that that in part means leaving the world a better place than, than when you found it. And that's kind of part of the inspiration. And I work with many entrepreneurs in my world who feel calling to their particular entrepreneurial journey. And that, that means a bunch of different things for, for different entrepreneurs, but there, there's often that, that aspect of they really feel compelled and drawn um, to their particular journey because of the legacy aspect and what they think that that might, you know, might mean for them. And I'm sure that for many entrepreneurs, the whole entrepreneurial journey itself can be daunting and overwhelming from, from time to time because entrepreneurs are pulled in so many different directions and they got to you know, do spreadsheets like we talked about and they got to schedule and they've got to do the thing that they're brilliant at. And they have to answer, of course, to, to very many, to, to many different masters. And I am wondering how you reconcile the concept of building a legacy with sustaining, you know, sustaining that vision with the day-to-day. How do you keep your eye on that long-term uh, value creation and legacy building when so many of us are in the trenches sort of day-to-day fighting fires and managing crises? 
That's a good question. Um, interestingly enough, I think it's being connected to our legacy and our why that makes the day-to-day -day trenches handleable. Like, like you said, I really, that. well, I like the word you use that you said, like as entrepreneurs, we answer to very many different masters, which is so true, right? I mean, we, we answer to um, like our families and, you know, are we providing right. for our families? We answer to right. um, our respective governments. Like, you know, did you pay the right taxes? Do you have all these right, like, the, <laughs> I mean, let's face it, if we all, if any of us run our business about the way the governments run our business, we'd all be out of business because <laughs> it's so inefficient. Like, you know, you fill out a form and then it comes back to you like, oh, you forgot these four boxes. So you have to fill it yep. out again, right? Like, I mean, that's just, that's master we answer to. We answer that's to right. our staff and our teams. We answer to our clients. We answer to so many. And it can be overwhelming. I know that the number of times where I, like we hit some, I, like personally where I hit a rock bottom, like, well, it's not really a rock bottom, but it feels like that in the moment where I want to give yep. up. Yep. Being connected to my why and believing that I'm going to leave something better than I found it is what keeps me going. And I find for both my staff and my clients, that's the common thread we all have, which is, can we leave it better than we found it? And that might be something really small. Like it's, it, it is a principle in how I leave, like run my life. So for example, if I'm in like a, a washroom at a restaurant, and I notice, you know, somebody's left like a mess of water on the counter when I when I yep. get there. It's easy for me to wash my hands, grab my paper towel, dry my hands, and then dry up that water before I toss it in the trash, right? right. Like that's a small right. place we can leave it better than we found it. And also we can do that on a much grander scale or a bigger scale if we build businesses that make an impact and a difference. And I really yeah. believe entrepreneurs, like we're driven to make the world better because every day we provide if we show up and we provide value to our clients and our team and our staff then we're making the world a better place yeah it's it's interesting that you you know you gave the example of such a, such a small thing that you know we can we can all like clean up a little water spill and and it does have a, an impact and and it makes it a little bit better do you think that for businesses that are or entrepreneurs rather who are running businesses and they're they're really sort of moved to compelled to to their vision because of that do you think that it helps them to implement policies and procedures that help sort of try to streamline some of these things so that they can stay really focused so that it does it isn't so overwhelming with the noise or do you think that that somehow stifles the the creativity and the ability for them to to really excel at what they at what they do Oh, that's another great question. So my belief is the more we can streamline the uh, activities in our businesses and in our personal lives that create pressure and noise, like the activities that feel like a right. daunting task, right? You know, yep. and we all have different daunting tasks, whatever yours might be, mine is probably different. Usually they're small for someone and daunting for us. So the more we can streamline and put a process behind the daunting tasks, the more that actually allows us to be free to live in our genius zone. So I do think most of us as entrepreneurs feel resistance to process at the beginning. However, once we've implemented it in our life and our business, then it gets so much easier. And I think as women, because I know we're talking mostly to women here, the skills we have in our business, if we also implement them in our home life with parenting and you know living yep. what we do in our home lives as well, putting process behind many of our tasks actually makes life way easier. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm happy to hear you say that because I, I sometimes feel like I am a broken record when I talk to people like, could you just put a policy or a process around this? Like, I feel like you're, you know, this, 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 this process in your business or this issue that you're dealing with could be number one, it will likely come up again, but number two, it could be solved. And then you will never have to think about it again. The next time this situation comes up, you will just know 99% of the time, you'll know that this is the, the way that you're going to react to it. And you're right. I think that entrepreneurs, until they, until they've kind of been on that bandwagon for a little while, they're like, no, 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 Heather. Like, that's just, that's just not going to happen. Like, you don't understand. I don't have time to create a policy. I don't have time to create a process. And, and then, you know, a few more instances of annoyance uh, come up because they haven't created that. And then once they've done it, they're like, oh yeah. But I do also agree with your point that I think there is a bit of a gender uh, bias to that where men are in general more resistant to the policy, the process, and the discipline that perhaps that implements for for them personally and, and for their business. So I'm happy to hear that, uh, that I'm not the only one that thinks that. Yeah. And I think for women, what's interesting is that maybe not for women, but for me personally, I'll speak for me and I am a woman, but I found that if I could implement policies in a couple of small areas of my life, then I started to want them in every area of my life. Yeah. Agreed. So example, um, I have two kids and they helped me with dishes. And it was always like, whose night is it to do the dishes? And it was really exhausting to me. So finally, one day I said to them, I have an idea. We're going to do this on odd days. Melinda does it on even days. Julian does it. End of story you know, only two kids, odd and even, this is when you're going to do dishes. That's like a super simple policy you can put in place. Totally. Guess what? They manage it themselves. Whose day is it on dishes is all I have to ask. And my kitchen is clean. It was a little yeah. bit of work to get there, but they manage it yeah. themselves now. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you don't have to think about it anymore, right? Like, it's not like, oh, let's negotiate this and let's see who wants to walk the dog and do it. It's like, like, it's just part of the process and, and everybody benefits because everybody knows what the rules are and everybody's expectations are managed. You know, I think that one of the, the really um, big things in life that as entrepreneurs that's difficult is the, is expectation management. And when you, when you expect something and when someone else expects something different, that's when you get into all kinds of trouble. And so if you can be clear and transparent and upfront about what the expectations are, you, all you have to do is, you know, manage that at that point, you don't have to wonder what the, uh, what the expectations are. Interesting. I want to turn a little bit to, um, a topic that I know that you, uh, have some, some interesting comments about, and that's really on the focusing again on entrepreneurs around self-care and the difference in, in how entrepreneurs really, uh, thrive or burn out or, you know, can't maybe make it up the next mountain. What, what around the idea? So, so there's so many different things that, that we have to do every day, but what's so important or what are your views on why it's so important that entrepreneurs really view the self-care as a, as a priority? So the reason I think this is such an important priority for us and why I think it, it often goes neglected in entrepreneurs. I think we can all, and probably everybody, but particularly entrepreneurs. And the reason I think yep. it's so, so important is that at the end of the day, if we're the one who is taking the risk, we own the business, we, you know, take on the responsibility. If we burn out, we're not the only person that gets hurt. You That's know, right. our staff gets hurt, our families get hurt, our, um, you know, the person who owns our building that we can't pay the rent on anymore gets hurt. Like if you as an entrepreneur burn out and the fallout ends up being some sort of back-end catastrophe that includes, you know, maybe losing revenue and having to lay off staff or losing revenue and not paying all your bills or whatever that looks like. 
I just feel like the fallout is more for all of, for us as entrepreneurs, because the impact is bigger. So us looking after ourselves is not really doing it out of selfishness. It's more doing it out of an ability to contribute more because we're the highest and best that we can be at. And so sometimes, and I mean, let's face it too, if as entrepreneurs, we walk into our office in the morning and we've had like a bad night's sleep and, you know, aren't really rejuvenated and we're just grumpy to be around and we bark at the secretary and bark at the person who answers the phone or whatever, you're not even pleasant to be around. And and so I just think us looking after ourselves and us being fully grounded and fully able to show up at 100% as often as possible means that we're helping a lot more people. Well, and and the the group that you haven't mentioned in that in in you know kind of the stakeholders who are affected is of course the customers and the clients and the whole reason why you uh, presumably in, initiated the venture in, in the first place. And when we go back to your comments around the you know how do you be your genius self, uh, the the world needs that, right? Like the world the really really benefits from that. And so yeah, it is. It's it's your family, it's your staff, it's your customers. Um, it's it's everybody kind of in, in that ecosystem, right? And so and so I think uh, that's really really insightful that uh, the, the impacts are so far-reaching when that hasn't happened. What um what are what are some simple things that entrepreneurs can do to keep that concept of self-care at the top of their mind and to carve time and space in their very busy calendars to to make sure that they take they take that seriously yeah so I think um the first one is to make it a priority which means it needs to hit your to-do list and it needs to hit your calendar you know one of the things that I often will say to people is you know if you want me to see what's if you want to tell me what's important to me show me your calendar and show me how calendared your life is like for most of us as entrepreneurs are calendar kind of runs a bit of our life, right? Yeah. And so the first thing I think is to make sure that it's in your calendar. And um, okay, so that might actually be the second thing, because before that, you have to know (laughs) what does self-care look like for you? Right. And that's really a journey of self-awareness, right? So for some of us, it might be making sure that you get enough sleep, exercise, nutrition, um, things like massage, therapy, uh, right. you know, I, I have a couple of therapists personally that I see on a regular basis. Cause I think keeping my headspace is so important, you know, that I'm like taking my mental trash out on a regular basis with someone qualified to empty that trash can for me yes. <laughs> yes. and staying mentally strong, staying physically strong. That might be like the gym, a walk, whatever it looks like for you. Um, and nutrition. So understanding what are the activities that look like self-care to you? And then calendaring them is so important, like actually building time into your schedule to look after yourself. Yeah, interesting. Um, so this goes back actually to the earlier conversation around policy and, and process. And, and if you if you think about that a little bit differently, you could say, you know, you need to make sure that in your calendar you have a process that you're following for that self-care and that you're you're making sure, as you said, that you know, you've scheduled the amount of time for the things that are important to you after as you said you've really understood what that means for for you and i think i think it's fair to say that that will mean different things for for different people and potentially different things for people at different times of their lives so when they've got you know really young kids or really aged parents or whatever it might look different than than at other times in their life and so i think that you need to be open to the 
the fluidity of what that looks like and what that means for you as an entrepreneur or you as a person. There's another aspect to that too, Heather, that I think is maybe even more simple than all that slightly daunting activity I just gave you. And that is um, the really being aware enough to ask for help. Like we as entrepreneurs are very often the most capable person in the room. And I don't mean that like from an arrogance standpoint, it's just very often what puts us being willing to own a business or be an entrepreneur also means that we're inherently like the one that likes to like control and be capable and all of that. And right. sometimes on the beginning of the journey of looking after yourself, it's just knowing when to ask for help. So it might be asking for help from the people you employ. It might be asking for help at home with your partner. It might be asking for help with from your kids. Um, and almost always when we ask for help, people are willing to help, you know, like everybody likes to help. And if self-care starts with, Hey, I can't do it all. Can you help me? That's a great place to find the time to go for a workout, to make sure that you're getting really nutritious food, you know, like just ask for help. I, I think that's one of the skills I learned early in life because I had to, is I think I bit off more than I could chew. Therefore I had to ask the help to chew it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's one of the things I see people struggle with where I look at, you know, sometimes early stage entrepreneurs and I think, man, all you have to do is ask and someone will help you. It's, it's true. You know, it, it is, it's surprising. And I hear this from entrepreneurs all the time where they'll say, oh, like I, you know, I reached out to so-and-so and and I, I didn't think they would be able to help me or I didn't think they'd know a solution. And I was so shocked by, by number one, their willingness to assist. And number two, the content of what they were actually able to do. So if I was, you know, wanting to talk about a particular problem, I, I thought I was the only one that might have that problem. And then I talked to them and yeah, their industry might be a little bit different, but the way that they solve the problem, there's nuggets or there's, there's portions of it that could really be applicable in, in my business. And I hadn't even thought that way because I was, you know, so in my head or so, um, so wrapped up in my own, um, you know, in my own issues. And so I think, I think you're right. Like number one, um, having the willingness to be able to ask for help and then also having the open mind to listen to the offers that are, that are made. So I think, I think that's really insightful that people, you need to step back and think, well, how could I, how could I solve this? And then I also think that this is particular to entrepreneurs that entrepreneurs in general are probably more willing to help other entrepreneurs than people generally, because they've been in the trenches, they've been there sort of fighting the battles and, there's really a sense of that sort of camaraderie and the community in the entrepreneur world where people are so willing to help. And even if, if they don't know an answer, I see lots of occasions where people are like, I don't know, but I'm going to connect you to so-and-so because I think they'll be able to, you know, to move this forward or, or to help you. So, um, yeah, so I, I agree. That's interesting. What led you to be really passionate about helping entrepreneurs find this balance? Like what about your business or your business ventures kind of led you to this? And is that part of the legacy uh, aspect for you personally? It is part of the legacy aspect for me personally. And I think what led me to it was uh, a combination of a couple of things. One was observing unnecessary suffering. You know, like I watched a lot of people, I watched my parents, um, particularly my parents and probably people early in my life um, struggle more than they needed to because they didn't have some basic skills or they didn't know where to ask for help or they weren't getting coaching or they weren't looking after themselves and they ran themselves thin and ragged. 
And, and I just, to me, that's unnecessary suffering, especially in today's world that we live in. Like we are so blessed to live when we live. And I I know not everyone says that after March of 2020, but I really still think (laughs) like we live in the best time in human history. You know, we're connected. We have so many luxuries. So suffering's optional, not mandatory. And that's the first thing that led me to this that makes me passionate about it. And then my own personal journey has been the more I have looked after myself, the more my business has flourished, the happier I am, the more my life has flourished, the happier my children are. Like it's this weird yeah. thing where when I started looking after myself, I literally could look after everybody else better. I could be more generous with charities. I could be more generous with my time with my clients. I am more present with my kids at their sports games, all because I made myself a priority. I just, and then the other piece of that is I do think that there's so many brilliant people that if they put their self-care as a priority on their calendars, they would have that same magnitude of being able to help more people. And so while I realize it is self-care and it can have like the word selfish in it, it's actually a way to give back more. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a it's a really different way of looking at that and of framing, you know, the you in the in the context of sort of the bigger ecosystem that you that you live in. But um, you know, back to your comment about the entrepreneurs kind of have so much more to, to at, at risk or so much more to lose if if they burn out because then their staff and their landlord and you know all these other people who are who are relying on them, their family, uh, you know, they all suffer. The opposite of that is true too. When the entrepreneur is really flourishing and really, you know, surviving and, and doing well, then everybody else gets that sort of consequential benefit of, of that as well. Where can our listeners find out more about Legacy Creative? They can go to our website, which is www.legacycreative.com, and learn all about us and follow us on Instagram if they're interested and find out what we do and how we help people. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was a really insightful conversation and I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it also. Thank you for joining the podcast today. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe or follow to get notified when we have an update.